The Indiana Supreme Court sets oral arguments in the Delphi murder case. Big day in court for uh, Donna and Charlie Adelson. Why is the prosecution going forward with the Jonathan Majors case? Uh, the Laundry family denies full knowledge of what happened to Gabby Petito. And then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Hi, lawyer. Lawyer. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. And hit that little bell for notifications of when we go live or put up new content. And remember, you can always listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just simply search Crime Talk. All right. Please join us this evening. We will be discussing the recent rulings in the Chad Day Bell slash Lori Vallow matter, as well as the Delphi case and answering your questions. That'll be at 6 p.m. Mountain Time this evening. Immediately following that, we will have our exclusive show for our Patreon members. And remember, if you want to join in the Patreon show, you have to join Patreon. Our link is below. Let's go ahead and open the record for December 12th of 2023. All right, the Indiana Supreme Court announced that it will listen to oral arguments next month in the latest development in the Delphi double murder case against Richard Allen. Now, the oral arguments are set to commence at 11 a.m. on January 18th, as the state's highest court will hear Allen's request to reinstate his original defense team of Bradley, Rossi, and Andrew Baldwin and remove the specially assigned judge, Judge Fran C. Gull, from the trial. Now, the petition also wants the judge to schedule a trial within 70 days of its ruling. Now, the lawyers were removed from the case in October by Judge Gull following a leak of online crime scene evidence, with the judge referring to the attorneys as grossly negligent as part of her reasoning behind the attorney's removal. The judge also said the removal of the attorneys would benefit Mr. Allen because he would have access to a competent defense team. Now, the leak was attributable to a former co-worker of Baldwin's who reportedly took photographs of the crime scene images, which had been left out in a conference room in his office. Now, according to various reports, Judge Gall and the Attorney General Todd Rokita contend that the petition should be rejected since the defense did not utilize the appropriate legal avenues, i.e. the appellate process, and instead of just filing this extraordinary writ of mandamus, that's what they should have done. Well, the attorneys argued that filing a writ was an appropriate legal avenue since it represented the only way to have Baldwin and Rossi reinstated to the case in time to hold Allen's trial with 70 within 70 days of the filing of the writ. Now, Baldwin and Rossi assert that a writ was the only way to try and expedite the trial, which was initially set to be held in January, and uh, that appellate process could take years. Now, the lawyers argue that an appeal, and the reason why it would take years is because you would have to go to trial first, lose, and then address all those issues, not only in the appellate process, as well as any post-conviction relief process. So let's get the issue resolved now. So the writ also includes the uh, attorney's response to the evidence leak, with them stating that the leak did not disrupt their strategy one iota. And the Indiana Supreme Court has turned down a plea submitted by Allen to open additional records connected to the case and make them public. Now, Allen is charged with two counts of murder, um, 
in regards to the February 20, 2017 uh, deaths of Abby Williams and Libby German near the Monon High Bridge in Delphi. Currently, Allen's trial is scheduled to take place in October of 2024 as his new attorneys are getting up to speed. All right, Donna and Charlie Adelson, they each had some court today. Charlie, well, let's just say he got life in prison. I think that's all we need to say about that. Donna Adelson, his mom, appeared in a courtroom in Leon County, Florida, uh, actually yesterday for a murder uh, arraignment in the 2014 shooting death of her former son-in-law, FSU law professor Dan Markle. And it was clear that she was not pleased how things have been going so far. Now, Adelson, who's a uh, young 73, repeatedly shook her head and smirked as the uh, jail deputies explained that she was in solitary confinement because she allegedly made comments that she wanted to die and that she made suicidal ideation statements on jailhouse calls. At one point, the judge had enough of Adelson's commentary, and Adelson uh, could be heard saying, oh my God, as the judge discussed the defendant's alleged express plan to kill herself by taking sleeping pills. Now, uh, Ms. Adelson, Please keep your comments to yourself, the judge noted. Let your lawyers argue on your behalf. And I just have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing worse than a client that wants to talk. Listen, you hired the attorney to do your speaking for you in court. Sit down or stand up, shut up, and let the attorneys do their job. Um, I really want to see how this case goes forward because the entitlement uh, by Ms. Adelson is overwhelming. Um, I really can't wait to see how this shakes out. Well, Ms. Adelson now faces uh, charges of first-degree murder, murder conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and solicitation to commit murder in the first degree. Prosecutors have said that uh, Donald Adelson hated Dan Markle and that her emails with her daughter, Wendy Adelson, Markle's ex-wife, showed the grandmother was desperate to find a way to overcome the murdered law professor's adamant opposition to relocating his sons from Tallahassee to South Florida. Now, jail calls um, after uh, Charles Adelson's uh, guilty verdict include multiple calls in which Donna Adelson is telling Charlie that she is getting things in order, creating some trust and making her grandchildren, uh, or making sure that her grandchildren are going to be taken care of. This was in the uh, her arrest affidavit. And uh, Donna discussed plans for a suicide, but also discussed plans to flee to a non-extradition country. And uh, Donna Adelson has considerable financial means to complete this, according to the police affidavit. Now, Ms. Adelson was stopped um, at the airport where she was going to make her way to a country that didn't have uh, extradition. Um, certainly shows a little consciousness of guilt. Obviously, we'll give her the presumption of innocence. Um, I, but sometimes I think it makes you wonder, why'd you wait so long? Don't wait till your son gets convicted and then leave, for goodness sakes. Next on the docket, the Jonathan Major trial. Why is the prosecution going forward with this case? So testimony at the trial on Monday, they brought in, the prosecution brought in the driver of the black Cadillac that transported Jonathan Majors and Grace Jabari on March 25th. Well, and guess what he said? He thought that the dancer, the woman, hit the actor in the altercation. Now, through an interpreter, the driver recalled that the dancer demanded to see the actor's phone. The girl became very angry. The boy wanted to get rid of the girl, and he opened the door. That's according to the driver. He was trying to get rid of her, the driver explained, and he was saying, leave me alone. I have to go. Well, the driver also noted that uh, he was not doing anything 
she was doing it. The driver continued to describe that evening to the jury of the members. When uh, the situation happened, I had a feeling the girl had hit the boy because uh, the way that she was fighting and the sounds produced, the uh, driver indicated in, during his testimony. And when the um, driver was subject to a brief cross-examination by the defense, brief, less is more in situations like this, he was obviously excused from the stand. Why? Why is the prosecution bringing this case? I get it. They are doubling down. They're going forward with it. But And obviously, we'll never know exactly for sure until it happens. But I see reasonable doubt here. I see self-defense slash reasonable doubt throughout this uh, trial. But who knows? Maybe the juries will see it differently. Next, the laundries. That's right. The Brian Laundry and his parents. Well, the attorney who represented Brian Laundry denied allegations that Laundry's parents had full knowledge of Petito's murder. And he responded to other allegations uh, in some interrogatory saying he is limited by attorney-client privilege. So as you may recall, an amended complaint filed back on November 30th, Gabby Petito's family alleged that Laundry's parents, Christopher and Roberta, knew that Gabby was dead before Brian returned home on September 1st of 2021. Petito's remains were found in Wyoming on September 19th of 2021. Now, Stephen Bertolino, the attorney who the Laundry family retained to represent Brian, had been named in the Petito family lawsuit because of statements he made on behalf of the family during the search for Gabby. Allegations in the uh, Petito's complaint include that uh, Brian murdered Gabby on August 27, 2021, and that her cause of death was blunt force injuries to the head and neck with uh, manual strangulation. Now, Bertolino said in response that he is, quote, either without knowledge and or is unable to admit or deny knowledge as to the allegations, as to do so would violate the attorney-client privilege between the defendant and by Brian Laundrie, which Brian Laundrie has not waived, nor can he because he's dead. And therefore, the attorney will never be able to speak upon this. Now, Bertolino admitted that the Laundry family contacted him on August 29th, which the Petitos claimed they did after Brian called to say that Gabby was gone and needed a lawyer. But Bertolino denied that Brian's parents knew that any harm had come to Gabby. Now, at the heart of the uh, Petitos complaint is a statement that Bertolino made on behalf of the Laundry family where they offered wishes for Gabby's safe return, while the Petitos claimed the family knew she was already gone. But Bertolino categorically denies the family have any knowledge about Gabby's whereabouts. The statement was made following urging and demands, some life-threatening for information and comments from the plaintiffs law enforcement, the press, and the public. The defendant denies that Christopher Laundry and Roberta Laundry had full knowledge that Gabrielle Petito had been murdered by Brian Laundry at the time, and further denies that defendants Christopher Laundry and Roberta Laundry knew the whereabouts of her body. Now, the Petito lawsuit is asking for uh, damages, and trial is scheduled for May 2024. A pretrial conference is scheduled on March 22nd, 2023. Now, I have said this. I think this lawsuit is frivolous. And given the legal standards that the court must apply, that's why this case went forward. The attorney, okay, the laundries have denied knowing what happened exactly to Gabrielle Petito. That's their testimony. That's what it's going to be. The attorney has said, 
They didn't have any knowledge as to her whereabouts and the fact that she had been killed, just that she was gone. That was it. How do the Petitos intend to get anything in? What do they have to contradict that? Nothing. Nothing. I have a real problem. You know, you, you can sue anyone for anything in America. You got to be able to back it up. And through the discovery process, you're supposed to be able to find this. Well, the discovery process has taken place. And now, hopefully, the defense will file a motion for summary judgment in this particular case. Um, and to sue the attorney for doing his job? Are you kidding me? He made a statement. Hey, you know, everyone's pressuring. Where is this? Where is this? Hey, we come out and say we, we hope she comes home. That's it. The attorney's doing his job. To uh, sue the attorney and allow that to go forward, I mean, it. It is just uh, wrong in so many ways. And I get people say, Scott, I like you, but I think you're wrong on this particular issue. That's okay. Reasonable people can disagree. I'm explaining why I think the case should not go forward. Let me know why you think I'm wrong. We can talk about that tonight as well. Join us at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And then finally today, our dumb criminal of the day. A man broke into a church down in Panama City, uh, Florida, uh, and using a cinder block to break a window. The man was later identified as Derek Porter, and he caused roughly $8,000 of damage to the facility. Now, the church employee that was there heard the sound of Porter smashing the window and uh, fled. When police arrived, they uh, found him admitted to uh, baptizing himself in the church's baptistry pool and claimed he wasn't sure everything he did inside the building. The uh, police reports note that uh, Mr. Porter had several electronics on him, including a television and a computer uh, from the church in his truck, along with the church's money bag. They also found drug and drug paraphernalia on him. There's been some body cam uh, footage released. He's been charged with burglary of an occupied structure, criminal mischief, possession of methamphetamine, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Now, obviously we know of why there's so many reasons why it's just dumb to break into a church. Um, you know, usually churches are trying to do good things for people. Uh, but you know why this guy gets the dumb criminal of the day? Um, most churches, Mr. Porter, leave their doors unlocked. So if somebody needs something or needs shelter, you can just come on in. Anyway, Mr. Porter, robbing from a church, I think there's a special place in hell for you. I really do. Anyway, thanks for uh, watching today. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tonight, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And remember, the Constitution matters. <laughs> <laughs>